Hi, Maggie Burrows here with Are You Sitting Comfortably? The Manifesto. This phrase is familiar to many British people of my age and brings with it a lovely, cosy image settling down into a well-supported sitting position in an armchair or a sofa. We generally associate the idea of sitting comfortably with sinking into something squidgy and enveloping. Feldenkrais, on the other hand, aims to help you discover a different kind of comfort. To bring your skeleton into such a light and fluid state of balance that your muscles can achieve highly effective action for the minimum expenditure of effort. To help you regain the kind of active sensory awareness that enables a toddler to continually explore and develop new ways of doing and being without unnecessary exertion and with minimal injury. This podcast will not be in the form of a classic awareness through movement lesson. Instead, I would like to encourage you to adopt a change of behaviour that I am certain will benefit you in more ways than one. I'm going to recommend that you sit on the floor as often as possible and for a minimum of 30 minutes every day. I have been thinking for some time now about ways to make it easier to incorporate, which is, by the way, a lovely body-based metaphorical word, incorporate active awareness through movement into our everyday life. Feldenkrais is a learning process and one way to describe it is that we are learning more about the process of learning itself learning how to learn faster and better and how to be more creative in the way we go about tackling the obstructions we encounter in our lives. To begin to recognise how we get in our own way with our habits of thinking and doing. You probably already have a favourite place to sit in your home, a habitual place to sit in your home. I'm going to strongly encourage you to make the floor your favourite place to be. I have a little sheepskin rug I inherited from an absent-minded client. It's perfect. It forms a little island oasis on a rather unfriendly carpet. You may have an even less friendly wooden floor. Maybe it's colder down there. Maybe you have only limited space. Do not let these things get in the way. Treat yourself to comfy cushions, a nice sheepskin rug of your own, an expensive yoga mat, a cute draft excluder from Ikea, whatever it takes to make your floor a welcoming place. And not just for when you are doing what we teachers avoid calling Feldenkrais exercises. You will notice how we say things like movement explorations instead. This is not just posturing. We really do want you to discover something new for yourself, to experiment and remember the innovative play of your childhood. Not just to try to find one perfect way to do a movement and then reproduce it faithfully over and over. No, I'm suggesting you use the floor for as many different activities as you can. There is much anecdotal evidence that sitting on the floor protects against hip injuries in our later years, that cultures that are beginning to adopt our Western chair-fixated ways are also developing more of our physical degeneration in old age. What is not anecdotal is a new study that shows that the ease with which we can get up from the floor directly correlates with the length of our lives, partly but not solely because of the dangers of falling and not being able to get back up again. Being able to get up off the floor without the aid of your arms is a reliable indicator of likely length of life from 60 years onwards. So, if you can, get down on the floor right now. What sitting position do you naturally adopt? How long can you sit in your chosen position before you start to fidget? Because I suspect that some of the benefit to be gained from this practice is that we are usually not comfortable for that long in any one position on the floor. And so we move and move again every few minutes, shifting our legs into different positions, changing the way we are supporting our weight on our pelvis, 
maybe switching from crossed legs to kneeling, then sliding our bottom over to one side to sit side saddle, resting on one buttock a little more than the other in the classic position we use in so many awareness through movement lessons. Perhaps you are comfortable with the soles of your feet touching and your knees dropping outwards like a baby or a frog. Perhaps you like to sit with one leg dropped outward and one foot standing, useful for resting a book or a notepad on one thigh. You can put your laptop on a coffee table or a sofa if you want to work. As you shift about on the floor, you will probably not be focusing your attention on your movement in the way that you do in an actual ATM lesson. But as you spend more and more time on the floor, you will begin to naturally connect the different ways you are organising yourself to be into the kind of fluid movement sequences that are revealed at the end of Feldenkrais workshops, easily shifting from sitting to lying or standing in your own unique ways. Why am I so keen on this idea? I find that many adults struggle to find the time to further explore what they discover in my classes or our one-to-one sessions. I would like Feldenkrais to be as beneficial for you all as it is for those of us who have embraced it as a life practice. This is a way to apply the quest for ease of movement directly to your life without having to find and then reserve special practice time. For the same reason we tend to get you paying attention to changes in how you are walking and sitting on the floor will certainly influence the way you walk in time. So how are you sitting now? Have you shifted around a few times? In your chosen position, can you sense if you have more weight on one of your buttocks? Can you shift your weight around on your sitting bones, increasing the pressure on one as you lessen it on the other? These explorations will change as you change your sitting position. If you're sitting cross-legged, you may notice that it is easier to shift your weight in one direction and that that direction relates to which leg is in front. If you are kneeling, then you may notice other things. Are you sitting in a way that makes it possible to move one or both of your feet? Can you shift them so that the weight goes to the outside of your feet, inside of your feet? What changes are you able to make? How are you? How about one or both of your knees? Are you able to move your knees around? How easily can you look over one shoulder? And is the way you are sitting making it much easier to turn in one direction than the other? As you compare yourself looking over each shoulder in turn, does your weight shift on your sitting bones at the same time? When you are ready to get up again, how much unravelling and rearranging of yourself do you need to do? Maybe not as much as you think. Sit cross-legged if you can. Your legs can have a gap between them as long as your knees are outwards and both feet are inwards. Notice that one of your legs is in front of the other and turn around away from that leg until you are able to put both hands on the floor behind you. You will find you are able to unravel yourself and elevate your bottom in one smooth motion. And once you are on your hands and feet, standing is simple. Once this pattern makes sense to you, it is easy to find variations in different sitting positions and to do it with one hand only, even if you are kneeling to start with. I urge you to discover as many variations as you can. The great thing about discovering them for yourself is you will be much less likely to forget them. Maybe you're not ready to get all the way down there yet. Sit on your sofa or bed and there experiment with the same sitting positions that you would use on the floor. As they get more comfortable to maintain, you will find it easier to get down onto the floor. 
When you are ready to try it out, put your feet on the floor quite wide apart, bring your bottom to the edge of the sofa or chair and reach down to the floor with both hands. And then play with lifting your bottom and lowering your head, bringing more and more of your weight into your hands until you can stand on your hands and feet without discomfort. Once you can do that, finding a way to get your bottom down onto the floor is another interesting exploration in itself. Try lifting one foot and lowering that leg to the ground. And then see what you can do once you get there. Do try this out. Try it out right now. And then try it out again tomorrow. You will improve your ease and your range of motion a little every day and perhaps live a nice long life without losing your mobility for no good reason. Oh, and by the way, if you want to check out that study I mentioned, the information is on my blog at vocaldynamics.com. Have fun.